What is good, everyone? This is your host, Deanna Radalescu with Label Free Podcast. To live your best life, you must live label free. As always, bring you incredible guests from all over the world. So sit back, relax, and tune in. My next guest is a licensed clinical social worker. He is also an entrepreneur running his own private practice. He's a keynote speaker and author of Finding My Words, A Ruthless Commitment to Healing Gently After Trauma. Please welcome Dr. Mark McNear. Dr. Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dan. It's a pleasure. Uh, I'm excited to have this conversation because I think that, you know, there's a lot of people who have experienced trauma and abuse in their life. And, and I think some people don't know how to deal with it, heal from it. And a lot of times they want to like sweep it under the rug because they're ashamed. So I understand you have had your own path of, of healing. Um, so is that, I, I want to, is that what kind of puts you into this direction of helping others heal? Yeah, I, I, um, it was about, uh, a little over eight years ago that I found myself walking through the doors of rehab, oh. uh, for, for, uh, prescription drug abuse. And so what I did it, it, and you mentioned the book, what I did was I, um, wrote the book about my experience. You know, so, so I'll give you a little, some, some of the highlights of it, you know, that I called my psychiatrist and I asked her for refills and it became apparent to her that I was abusing medication. And so she said, you know what, you need to go to rehab. Not something that I, not something that I wanted to hear. Um, so I waited for my wife to get home and I, I, she, she was at work, she teaches. And so talked to her about it and she, she was like really graceful with it and said, you know, I'm really glad that you're going to get the help. And, and so then, uh, I needed to contact my daughter, Emily. I contacted her, told her she was, she was wonderful with it. And I remember her sending me a text saying, you know, I'm so proud of you for doing this. Yeah. So I needed to close down my practice. I, was, I wasn't seeing many patients. I wasn't functioning well at that point, but you know, um, but put a uh, message on the answering machine that I'd be out for medical leave. Yeah. And I thought, you know, that it would be a month, you know, I would go get yeah. it all done, come back and just start over. Well, that's not, that's not what happened. I, I got to rehab and, and I found that, you know, one of the things that they were encouraging us to do is to tell our stories. Yeah. And I couldn't, there was no way that I could do it. I didn't have the emotional wherewithal to do it. And I didn't have the words, and that's where I got the title for the book, Finding My Words, yeah. you know, um, because I, I really didn't. So one of the one of the things I talk about in the book that, that I thought was really, really fascinating, what happened to me, it was painful, but it was fascinating, was as the medication went out of my system, the memories of my childhood came back. And so I, I talk about in the book, um, when I was four years old, my dad forced me to eat carrots. And I ended up vomiting, and then he picked me up and threw me in the garbage and said, "Stay there, you're garbage." Uh -huh. You know, from there, um, you know, I remembered sexual abuse of my dad. My sexual abuse happened from about the age of four till about the age of seven. Oh my god! And so um, these things just kept, you know, popping up. All these memories, and it came, it became clear to me that the medication that I was taking was really helping me deal with it deal with that right so it wasn't it wasn't working well <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know it never usually does no no it, it was a, a way to cope a way to maladaptively cope and so interestingly and again i talk about this in the book that when i was about seven the sexual abuse stopped and that's because we had armed robbery at our house 
Okay. Where four, four men came in with guns and robbed my parents. We were up in our bed in our beds. We slept. Yeah. Um, my my parents were down in the basement, and so just all of the different things that came about as a result of that, our family really fell apart after that. My mom um, became an alcoholic, and my dad became very paranoid. He um, very strange things. He gave us forks and 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 spoons and knives and had us dig out a room in the basement where he could put valuables. Okay. You know, so so I'm sitting in rehab and, and you know, uh, staff and, and other patients are encouraging me to talk. I just couldn't talk about it. And I, and I go about it, go into more detail in the book about it. Yeah. You know, just the strange things that happened mm. in my childhood. And, and so got out of rehab and then just got into treatment, a lot of treatment got into IOP, which is intensive outpatient treatment three times a week. And then I went into individual counseling and um, did a lot of trauma work. Yeah. And um, changed counselors. And, and, I, and I found a wonderful counselor, this Harry Flanagan. And he um, was trauma-informed and worked with me on the traumas. And I remember one day in a session, he said to me, you know, I'd like you to write down all the traumas that you had on the word doc, take them up on the word document and send them to me. And that was really, really hard for me to do. And I, and I found that as I did that, even more memories came up that were really painful, Yeah, you know? And so, um, the first part of the book is finding my words. You know, the second part of the book is speaking my words, being able to share, share the things that happened. And that's chapters four, five, and six, just my childhood and, complex trauma that I went through. Yeah. And then the last three chapters is, is just being able to reconnect with my wife, Debbie, and and connect with my daughter, Emily, and, and my um, son-in-law, Brandon, and just the journey that I've been on. Yeah. And being able now to be able to help others. Yeah. In their journeys, because, you know, there's no one, there's no one on this earth that has not been traumatized. It's right. Just different severities depending on the person. Yeah. But that is pretty intense, though. Did you do so? You had never talked about that trauma you experienced with your father prior to going into treatment. No, my dad had. It's interesting, Deanna, because my dad passed away in July of the year before. Oh, so it was 2014, and then March of 2015, I found myself walking through the doors of rehab. So I had never him about the sexual abuse or, or a lot of the other things. Did you ever tell your mother? You know, she was there, not for the sexual abuse. Um, I, you know, and I talk about this in the book, that, that I vowed never to tell anyone. Yeah. Including myself in a way. Well, right, you know, yeah. You know, like, so who, here who I am. Who wants to share that? Who wants yeah. to share that? Especially a man, you know, a lot of, you know, women. We, I think females tend to get like, oh, that didn't really happen. And a man is like, oh my God, what does this mean? How are people going to label me? of having that experience from my father because that's Absolutely. really intense and you know but to talk about it because i think it happens more than people realize and that's a they they do consider that a form of human trafficking where someone a child is being abused like uh sexually abused or or you know um in the home by family members or neighbor or something like that and that's you know that's a form of human trafficking that's what they consider it and and so I had promised never to tell anyone, including myself. So I put it away and just kind of locked it away. And so I'm sitting in rehab and then all of this 
emotions and, and all of these thoughts and all of these memories are coming up. And it was really, really overwhelming for me. It was really, really uh, emotionally dysregulated. Yeah. Did your, um, so when you were struggling with the, you know, uh, the prescription medications, did your wife know that you were having an issue with it? You know, she, uh, she would comment, you know, you seem like you're taking a lot. And I, and I would, you know, I would minimize and be like, no, 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 the doctor knows, no problem. And, and so, you know, I, I talk about this also in the book, Deanna, is, you know, everybody knows about the addiction except the addict, you know, so yeah. everyone around me knew that I had a problem. It's just, I didn't, I, I was in denial about it and it served well for me not to have to. Yeah. So it happened. Well, yeah. And I think that's pretty common with a lot of people that have experienced something like that. I, I have a question though. Um, after your father passed, did your prescription intake increase? Yes. Okay, that makes sense because it's like this piece of you that, like that, this person that had done like, these traumatic things to you, is passed away. You never were able to confront them, and it's like that stuff was all bu bubbling up underneath the surface. Absolutely, yeah. And 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 I think also. You know, I, as I've reflected on it, I think that um, there was trauma with the abuse and some of the things that he did to me, but there was also a lot of comfort with it because there was a closeness to him mm. and mm. caring and a connection. Yeah. And so I, I think that I felt a lot of abandonment Yeah. and a lot of sadness at age seven. I mean, I couldn't articulate it, of course, but right. at age seven, like it stopped and like, why did it stop? Mm. You know, what did I do wrong? Isn't that, isn't that crazy, like how we're programmed to feel that way, even with that kind of dysfunction? Sure. sure. Yeah, and I, and I think that, you know, unhealthy connection is better than no connection. Yeah, right. That's, well, at least when we're younger, that's how we feel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know? um, how long did it take you? I mean, are you still going through counseling now, or do you feel like you have kind of released this, this skeleton that's been in your closet for so long? No, I talking about it, writing the book? You know, I, th I think it's a great question because I think that I'm still going through, you know, when you read the book, you understand, you know, there was like a lot of severe trauma, one thing after another, after another. And so, you know, I, I think that I've healed a lot, Yeah, but I still have more to go, you know, and I, I, I think that it, it'll be a lifelong process. I think that's what it is with trauma is that, you know, I talk about in the book issues of um, anxiety issues of depression, issues of flashbacks, things like that, feeling just very emotionally dysregulated at, at times. Yeah. And, and so I still struggle with those. And I think that that's normal for people yeah. to struggle, you know, after that many years of, you yeah. know, uh, trauma. And so I, I wanted to write the book to be able to say like, yeah, I've gone through this journey. Yeah, I'm a professional. I believe in God. There's so many strengths that I have, but yet, you know, there's things that I, I still struggle with, of course. I mean, I'm wow. a human being. And, and so I wanted to write it from the, from the, I wanted to be vulnerable and I wanted to be authentic and I wanted to write it from the perspective of, of a professional. Yeah. Also, you know, so. And also so, a patient, is that what you said? Yeah, and also oh. a patient. Yeah. yeah. To be able to say like, you know what? I struggle every day with different things, but it's okay. Yeah. You know, well, by the, and by the grace of God, I get up every morning and 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 help other people and i think that makes you relatable you know if someone hears your story and then they you know they want to work with you to get through their trauma and abuse do you ever share that with your patients 
yeah, I mean, that, that, that's been a funny thing. I didn't know how it would be with writing the book. You know, it was, it was very kind of nerve wracking. <laughs> I always yeah. say to people, yeah, I'm writing a book. And then for the book to come out and for people to go, oh, I picked it up. I'm reading it. You know, I got it off Amazon. I'm reading it. And people have been really wonderful with it. But they have, I, I think one thing, Deanna, that I've seen happen is that people have been even more willing to be vulnerable about some of the things that have happened to them. Yeah. Because of the vulnerability that I show in, in chapters four, five, well, throughout the whole book, I talk about having panic attacks and rehab and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I know for me, when I connect with someone else that has been through some kind of trauma or abuse, it's like we have like an un, like a, a, a secret connection because we've experienced something that has changed us. Right. And we've had to deal with that. You know, I personally like, have, you know, I've got, I, I've gone through a lot of stuff. And I and I'm not going. I don't want to minimize it, but you know, you have to decide after realizing it and being honest with yourself the impact that it's had on your life and how you dealt with it in an unhealthy way. You have to decide what kind of person you want to be moving forward and what that looks like to you. You know, you can either be on a path of self destruction because you don't want to deal with it and you're just gonna self medicate until you die, right? Or destroy everything around you and lose everything, or you're going to say, hey, you know what? This doesn't make me less than. This doesn't make me ba a bad person. This was part of my story. It doesn't have to be the end of my story. Right. And that, that simple phrase that they use, you know, a lot of times in recovery that hurt people, hurt people. Yeah. We end up, we end up hurting people because we've been hurt and we don't even know it. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, there's a lot of work to be done with shame and guilt and things like that. And, and that's where my faith has been really, really important to me to be able to walk that out. And to realize that, you know, uh, I'm more important than the things that I've done. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I would agree with that. So if someone is like wanting to read, if they're in, like if they're struggling with wanting to get help and they read your book, would it help them get to that point of saying, I'm going to make a call so I can get help? People have said that, you know, I've, I, I've gotten people that have called me and said, you know, I've read your book and I'd like to come in to talk to you because you know my, my background was not not as extreme as yours but it but it's similar in some ways and i'm really carrying a lot a lot of depression and anxiety in my body and yeah. i want to work on that yeah that's beautiful what would you say to someone right now if they're listening to this and they're like you know i've i've all these all this traumatic stuff is coming up for me and um maybe they're using you know maybe they're drinking a lot or using drugs trying to deal with it what would you say to them right now to get them to maybe make a call to a professional or, you know, to reach out to you or purchase your book or, you know, you know I, I would, I would say just to reach out to one person. Yeah. Just find one person, you know, whether it's a friend, yeah, whether it's a colleague, whether, whether it is a professional, just somebody that you want to start exploring your story with. I think our stories are, are, are so they're, they're, they're full of blessings and they're, of harm and, and and so it's it's hard to tackle that and so i think for anyone you know they really need somebody else to come alongside them sure. and or or if they're you know if they're struggling go to a meeting you don't have to talk at a meeting you don't have to do anything just go to a meeting and listen to the stories that's what i did in yeah. the beginning but dr dr mark i'm i'm ashamed i'm scared I, I'm a, I'm embarrassed i don't know how i can even go into a meeting or face that and, and really kind of like look at this in the face. Yeah, okay. I, yeah, I think that I would just encourage them and say, I know how you feel because I've been there 
and I know what it was like that first day, driving, not driving, but being driven to rehab. You know, I remember Debbie driving me and me just feeling so down and yeah. so with shame and feeling like my life was over, you know, and, and I think that um, just encouraging somebody to take the risk, I know how hard it is, but to take the risk or to reach out and get the book or, or get another book on trauma, just start reading. Yeah. You know, um, I love the thing Gabor Mate, Dr. Gabor Mate is a, is a um, physician and, he, and he's written so much on trauma and addiction. And, and, and he talks about, you know, um, the question is not why the addiction. Yeah. The question, the question is why the, why the hurt? Why the hurt? Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. That's so that I would even say that if somebody's, you know, listening to this and they're struggling with using things, addictions, process addictions, or substance addictions, just realize that, that that's not your problem. Right. Right. It's become a problem. Right. Mm-hmm. That's not your problem. There's an underlying factor. And that's the hurt that you have not been able to deal with. Yeah. And and I wrote the book too to, to, to say to people, you know what, if I was able to deal with the complex drama that I went through, then, you know, someone else yeah. can work. Absolutely. It takes time. Takes time. Yeah. And I think and I think that allowing yourself to be vulnerable is like a superpower when you've experienced so much, when you've experienced trauma and abuse, because like you, for me, like what I went through when I was younger, I immediately just became the strong one. I was just like the tough girl and I'm gonna be, I'm gonna kick everyone's ass. And I'm like, you're not gonna, you fuck with me, you know? And it, and at this point in my life, after I've done all this work on myself and you know, just all the things that I've gone through, it's like being vulnerable is like a superpower for me, for me to be able to talk about things that I've been through and to have this joy and this happiness after experiencing all that is is huge. And it's a great example of how resilient we can be and how great our lives can be despite what we've been through. Actually, I think the, the worse the story, the more impact you can have on the world. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Because yeah. people are drawn to that, those the story, those stories of strength and overcoming, like, oh my God, he went through that, but look at him now. He's married. He's a doctor, he's an author now, and he's a keynote speaker, and he's helping people. Like, that's huge. And I think that, you know, the other thing is, you know, a lot of times we project where we want to be instead of looking at right where we are and saying, you know, what's, what is what is the next step that we have to take? Yeah. You know, don't worry about a, a year down the road. And and, and I remember, Deanna, that I was in, in rehab, and, and I, I spoke to a, a psychiatrist there. He was wonderful. Name was uh, Dr. Joseph Garbley, and 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 he looked at some of the things I had uh, been through with the trauma, not extensively, but just some of it. Yeah. And and he said to me, you know, it's going to take you a long time. And there was something about that that just felt good to me. Mm-hmm. That you know what, I don't have to get it all done by tomorrow. Right. You no, know, it's going to take time. You know, it took time to get to where I was, and. It was going to take time for me to progress. And, you know, when you ask me, you know, do you, do you struggle with things now? Yeah, I struggle every day, but I'm not struggling like I did three years ago or five years ago. And certainly not like like 10 years ago. Yeah, right. Wow, that's beautiful. I think that if you are someone that is addicted to something and you make that choice to go to rehab and get help, if you're like you said, you thought your life was ending. Actually, I think your life is just beginning. It's like a rebirth. You know, 
a rebirth of to, to becoming that person who you are supposed you were meant to be and putting all that stuff letting it go and just really shine as an individual absolutely yeah uh where can people find you connect with you and purchase your book they can um log on to amazon and it's finding my words a ruthless commitment to healing gently after trauma and they can log on to my website, which is www.markmcnear.com. And there is a section there where they can email me and I'll be glad to answer their questions. Excellent. You guys will put those links in the show notes. So if you connected with Dr. Mark's story today and you are interested in exploring things a little bit further for yourself, perhaps you're struggling or you know someone that's struggling, go click the link, go reach out to him, ask him a question and purchase his book, support him, go to Amazon and buy that book. Uh, Dr. Mark, this is a part of the show where I like to ask for less words of wisdom or advice. What would you like to leave with us today? I, I think that um, for anyone in this world, I think that building gratitude in daily, you know, it's so easy for us to look at things that we don't have and, and we lose sight of all the things that we do have, oh, yeah. you know, and so I would encourage listeners just to build in gratitude daily. Yeah really, really important. And it changes your mindset for the day. Sure does. I can attest to that. Wake up joyful and grateful every single day because I'm alive and I'm healthy and I'm here. That's it. <laughs> Dr. Mark, <laughs> thank you so much for being so vulnerable and sharing your story. I'm sure that you are going to continue to impact people's lives that need some help in the path that they're on because it is not a fun place to be. And I don't think anyone volunteers to be there. So thank you so much for being such an incredible guest. Thank you, Deanna. Appreciate You're welcome. It. You guys, this is your host, Deanna Radulescu with Label Free Podcast. To live your best life, you must with Label Free. As always, don't forget to subscribe, follow, rate, review, comment, share, all those good things. And I'll be back soon with more dynamic guests.